Welcome to the Trap Shooters United podcast. I am your host and owner, Joe Brumfield. I created this to help share, showcase, and support this amazing sport by talking to shooters, vendors, parents, and companies. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trap Shooters United or like us on Facebook. This episode is fueled by Fioki, high-quality ammunition manufactured right in the heart of America with locations in Ozark, Missouri and Little Rock, Arkansas. I choose Fioki because it's loaded in the USA and has extremely light recoil while still crushing targets. But you may be thinking to yourself, Joe, why should I believe you? You're just a mediocre weekend shooter. And you know what? Point taken. Let me find someone with a lot more credibility. Hey everyone, this is Shelby Skaggs, ATA All-American, Oklahoma Trap Shooting Hall of Fame member. In our sport, being consistent is the key to success. Fioki's line of shotgun ammunition is second to none in this regard. Proven by my 772 straight in the singles competition during the 2022 Grand American, experience the Fioki difference. If you're like me, customer service is at the top of the list when it comes to buying anything. Combine that with the lowest prices and highest trade-in values, Michael Gooch with Indiana Gun Club is without question the number one choice for your next gun. With one of the largest new and used inventory selections in the country, Indiana Gun Club will have the right gun for you. If you're looking to buy your first competition gun, upgrade out of your current gun, or just simply wanting to add to your collection, Michael Gooch provides a five-star experience every step of the way. Give Michael a call at 317-502-2675 or send an email to gotgunguy43 at yahoo.com. I've personally purchased two guns from Michael and I guarantee you're going to be treated right. Welcome to episode 19 of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Joining me today is a guy that's lived and shot all over the country. He's won resident trophies in Minnesota, Utah, Idaho, Alaska, and Oklahoma. He's been a member of the Alaska and Oklahoma state teams for both trap and sporting clays, 20-year active duty master sergeant in the Army, and competes on the Army's American Ski Team. Brian Stoya, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Joe, for having me. Absolutely. Now, where are you currently living? Uh, just moved to town uh, north of Milwaukee uh, in Wisconsin this past summer. And where did you move from? I know you, you recently just did this move. That's why I'm asking. Right. So just just moved from Fort Knox, Kentucky. And can you give the listeners a little bit of an idea on your background, where you grew up, uh, any hobbies, any sports that you're involved in, stuff like that? Yeah. So I grew up in southern Minnesota. I'm small, small town there. I played football, wrestling in, in high school. I shot a little bit, uh, not to the extent that I do now, like some league stuff. Uh, and once I graduated high school, I, I got into stock car racing. Uh, did that for a few years. I uh, kind of realized it was uh, kind of a waste of money uh, and got away from that. Picked up some other hobbies. So you um, decided to join the Army. Uh, What year did you make this decision, and um, what was kind of your thought process that led to that? So I joined in in 2002, uh, so it was my senior year of high school. Um, Obviously, the the fall of my senior year, um, you know, there was 
some stuff going on. 9-11 was a big deal. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it, too, was was I knew it was probably going to be the only way I was going to be able to pay for college. Uh, and and the two just kind of seemed to seemed to fit. So I ended up joining the Army Reserve at that point, you know, just doing the part-time stuff so, so I could go to school and and still serve. Now, where did you, where did you go to school at? Did you go to, I mean, did you go to college anywhere? I, I did just not right away. I mean, that's so, you know, great plan at that time. I, uh, you know, I was going to go to, uh, I was planning on going to a community college, Vermillion Community College up in Ely, Minnesota. I was going to go up there, go to school to be a conservation officer, game warden. It's one of the only, like one of the only schools in the country that has that, has that program. Um, but there was some, some mobilizations, activations there, uh, obviously with some things kicking off in Iraq in 2003 that I don't know if it was an excuse not to go to school, but I let that kind of, kind of get in the way and kind of took priority there. Um, so school had to, school had to wait. Yeah. I eventually did get my degree, but I did that while I was on active duty. Now, did you, did you get your, um, conservation degree then did you follow through with no, the same no no that plan changed too in <laughs> it so it, i'd done a few ride-alongs with uh with conservation officers like while i was in high school i mean it just you know when you're when you're 18 18 years old you just think like man all i want to do is like hunt and fish for the rest of my life and you have this perspective that that game wardens uh, that well that it's what they do and did those ride-alongs and realized quick that that's not <laughs> not at all what they do. Uh, you know, they're out there every weekend chasing down hunters and, and checking fishermen and kind of made that realization that if I made that, that move, that would leave less time for me to do the things that I like to do. So career goals changed. Absolutely. Uh, you eventually decided to join the active side uh, of the army. Uh, what, what made you decide to go that route? Yeah, so it was like around two two thousand five. Uh, it was uh, I just really enjoyed putting on the uniform, you know. And one week in a month just wasn't uh, wasn't cutting it anymore. I uh, you know, in that in that short three years there, I mean, I spent a a lot of time activated as a as a reservist and just really enjoyed that that aspect. You know, like the the respect given, you know, wearing the uniform. I was a different person. I, uh, you know, a better person for sure. Like whenever the uniform was on versus when it was off, I, uh, you know, so I just, I just really wanted to continue that, uh, with my life, I, uh, you know, kind of see where that, where that service aspect went. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of the, the decision-making factor factor there. And then, uh, on the reserve side, you were, you had like an, an engineer, background um then you switched over to the more recruiting side when you went active um can you kind of describe what you did as far as the as the, as the job goes as far as on the engineer side and then transferring that over into the recruiting side yeah so i was a i was a, a 12 charlie that was uh uh the mls uh for the army which is a bridge crew member uh so my job was building field expedient bridges um, whether it was uh, float bridges um, to go across uh, river spans, uh, dry span bridges like the Medium Girder Bridge or, or Navy Johnson, uh, those those types of things. So uh, just a really fun job. Uh, you get a lot of time on the water. 
Uh, it's not something I guess you normally associate with being in the army. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great job. When I made the transition to active duty, I, you know, there was, there's basically some people that said, Hey, I think you'd be a good recruiter. You want to come do that for a while? It was, you know, sure. I mean, kind of always up for the challenge. Uh, they were looking for a lot of recruiters at that time, you know, challenging, challenging job given the time frame. So, uh, accepted that challenge and, and started my active duty career there. And, um, where did you first, um, start recruiting at what, what state? So that was, that was back in Minnesota. So, um, little town, Oatana, Minnesota. I, it was a recruiting station that I had joined out of. Um, so that was, that's where they brought me back to, um, the army was trying to get people back, uh, closer to home, you know, so people would be more interested in hearing their story. And where have you, where did you go after that? And kind of give us your, um, I know I was in the Marines for 10 years and I didn't stay anywhere for more than, you know, two or three years tops. So give us the, um, give us the layout of where you hopped around, uh, to state to state. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of traveling. So, I mean, from, from Minnesota, I went to, went to South Dakota, was there for a few years, um, from South Dakota, I made my, made the trek out West. I was in Utah for a little bit, then, Made the move up to Idaho. Was there for about two and a half years from Idaho, uh, way up north, uh, up to Alaska. Was in Alaska for three years. Um, after that, down to Oklahoma, hung out there for about two and a half years. Then to Fort Knox, Kentucky. Was there right at a year, uh, and then just made the move up here to Wisconsin. And what's it like living out in in Alaska? It's, it's a, it's an experience. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot different than probably what most people expect. Uh, so I lived in a town just North of Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and Anchorage, Anchorage is pretty much like any other normal town, uh, down the lower 48, about 300,000 people. I mean, they have Starbucks, they have McDonald's, Walmart, Costco, all, all that stuff. And it seems like a very, very normal town. Um, other than you have moose walking down main street uh, in the middle of the day. So that's a little, it's a little different um, bears run around town. But as soon as you start making your way out of Anchorage, you start heading North uh, and get out past Wasilla. Like if you're heading up to uh, Fairbanks on the, um, on that highway, as soon as you get out of Wasilla, you start realizing that you are in that, in that last frontier, um, that grade, you know, expanse, uh, that is Alaska, you know, those wide open prairies to that just go on forever to these huge mountain ranges. You know, you have all the different wildlife run around out there. It, it was quite the experience. And what, what is your job right now with the army? What, what is your day to day kind of, uh, duties entail right now? So I'm still working in, in recruiting command. Uh, so I work at the recruiting um, battalion headquarters. I do a lot of stuff with, uh, with recruiting marketing also with, uh, with the processing of, of applicants just at that higher echelons level. I, uh, so it's a, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of busy work, I guess you could say, uh, and a lot of that next, that, that next level kind of behind the scenes, you know, most, most people probably don't think it's you know that hard to, to join the army, but for a lot of people, it's, um, it's not as easy as it sounds filling out a job application. So I'm, I'm involved in a lot of those processes, 
uh, you know, different, different waivers, exceptions, you know, to be able to, to get people into the army. That's, that's kind of my day to day. And now that you're at the 20 year mark, you can retire at any time. So, um, do you have any, any plans to do that anytime soon? Uh, no, I don't think so. I enjoy what I do. Uh, and, and I just don't see, you know, kind of what I, what I tell everybody, I don't see, uh, don't see leaving a job that I like to go to one that I possibly don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not at a point where I could like completely, completely retire and, you know, shoot full time. So, you know, we'll, we'll stick with what I got because it's paying for my shooting. What's the, uh, what's the longevity requirements with the army? I know on the Marine side, it was a 30 year that was like that was like the hard the hard time period, and then they you were pretty much done at that point. Uh, how yes. long can you stay in with the army? So for at my current rank as a as a master sergeant, which is a, which is an E eight, I can stay till twenty eight years. Uh, if I'm if I'm promoted one more time to sergeant major, I can stay to thirty two. Gotcha. Now how. I, how long have you been at E8? Just recently, right? Right, yeah. I was recently promoted uh, this past uh, March, March 1st to to Master Sergeant. And then what's the, what's the general time period that it takes? Is it, you know, four years, five years? Depends on, it depends on how many retire, obviously. But in order to get the next step, what's the general time period? Yeah, you're, you're probably looking at uh, at a good three to four years Um to, to really be competitive for Sergeant Major. Gotcha. Now, a lot of folks are confused on the differences between the Army Marksmanship uh, Unit versus the, like the American Skeet Team that you're involved with. Can you kind of go through what the differences are in, in comparison to the two? Yeah, so with the, the Army Marksmanship Unit uh, down there at Fort Benning, I mean, that's your, that's your professional shooters. Um, so they have a few different teams. They have the shotgun team, which is comprised of of the international trap and the international skeet. Um, they have pistol teams, they have rifle teams, and they have three gun teams down there. Um, so, but that so with those with those guys, like they're recruited specifically to do to do that job. Um, you know, to compete basically preparation for for the Olympics to be Olympic athletes. Um, you know, when they're not, when they're not doing that, they're doing, you know, expedition shooting or, you know, things, things like that, you know, um, you know, being ambassadors for, for not only the army, but the sport that they compete in. Um, whereas the stuff that I do being involved with, um, army American ski team and, and some of these other affiliates, this, it's where we have regular, regular jobs in the army and we're brought together, um, you know, a couple times a year, like through an application process to, to go and shoot um, and compete in these different uh, competitions. Now, what kind of uh, skeet scores does someone have to uh, average or, you know, during the application process, what is, what's the team captain looking for as far as scores go? Yeah. So uh, basically just, you know, looking for consistency, you know, are you shooting at least, you know, 90% or higher uh, in, in all the different events. So on, on the American ski team, I mean, you know, you shoot 12 gauge, you shoot 20 gauge, uh, you shoot 28 gauge, 410, and then double skeet. So just kind of looking for consistency, you know, those nineties in each, uh, in each event. Uh, that's, that's kind of like a general rule of thumb to make uh, the first team. 
Um, we'll field up to three three teams, um, but kind of to get to that that top team, that's kind of what they're looking for. And it's kind of hard to find somebody that that's you're shooting that great in in four ten because that's that's uh, you know that's the the, the twenty seven yard handicap of Skeet. But uh, as long as you have pretty good scores across the board, you can you can make the that top team. Now for these uh, for the championships, uh, I'm assuming everybody's shooting your own your own gun, right? Yep, everyone's everyone shooting their their own gun. And then what about shells? Are, do they provide you with the with a certain shell, or do you have to provide that as well? Uh, it it depends. Um, we've been fortunate enough uh, in in the past for at least for a 12 gauge where we're we're able to. Um, get shells from, you know, one way or the other, um, from some organization, but, but then in the sub gauges, um, you know, we have to generally provide those our ourselves or, or somebody on the team will, you know, keep an eye out for the good deals. And, you know, we try to, we try to pull them up that way. Gotcha. Now juggling between trap sporting clay skeet, in your opinion, what's the hardest aspect of switching between all the other disciplines? Man, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of remembering how to shoot each and, and then that's probably an oversimplification, but you know, when you're, when you're shooting like the difference between shooting trap and shooting skeet, 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 such a faster movement, you need a little bit of a more aggressive stance. And, you know, there's times that, that I kind of forget that when I first step on the skeet field and, you know, try to try to have more of that 27 yard handicap stance. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work out in skeet. You know, things are, things are just moving so much quicker um, happening in that shorter space. Um, so just kind of taking that reminder. I mean, I go to my notebook and, and, and kind of review, you know, like, you know, Hey, how do I shoot this game again? You know, to try to flatten that learning curve in, in between each, uh, each discipline. Now what's your favorite discipline to shoot? Oh man! Uh, if you could only shoot one for remaining a portion of your life, I don't want to. I don't want to offend all the trap shooters, but <laughs> I would probably. I mean, I consider myself to be a trap shooter. That's what's what I. I if you know, if I was going to label myself as such, I would label myself as a trap shooter. But if I could only shoot one, I would. I'd probably say sporting clays, just because it encompasses I, all of it. Yeah, I've never personally shot sporting clays, but I have that on my to-do list to go. One of these weekends, I'll get out and do it because I, I hear it's very challenging, but it's it's very fun as well. Yeah, yeah, and then there's I mean, what you you know you hear about sporting clays, but then once you start shooting it, like just like everything else, I mean, there's like games within the game. Then you start shooting fee task, which is you know essentially low gun sporting clays with with lighter loads and. And you, and you don't get to, you know, see all the targets and then, you know, super sporting and, and, you know, five stand and all that sort of stuff. So like the more you get into it, there's, there's more, more out there. Now, what guns are you shooting, um, for, for all these? So I, I, I like to only shoot one gun, um, for all of them. So, I mean, I, right now I'm shooting, um, Kohler, uh, Max TA, uh, I, I shoot it for skeet. I shoot it for, for sporting clays. I, I keep it a little bit flatter shooting like 70, 30 so that I can, so it's an easy transition between, between all of them. I, I don't like the idea of, 
of switching switching between guns. Um, I just I find that I'm, I'm more consistent if it's just the the same gun all the time between the disciplines. And before that, I believe you were shooting a Garini, right? I I have shot a Garini um, in in the past. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, the one that I had just before this Kohler, I shot a Garini for just a just a little bit. That was that was a uh, I needed a gun to go go to Tucson, and yeah, picked up a Garini for a short short period of time. Um, now what before, what made you um what what were you shooting before that? What were you shooting before the greenie? So that that's what I was shooting a Parazzi uh, MX8 uh sporting. So it, it had a, a very flat rib. Um that's I got that at a time where I was making a making a run at, at trying to shoot the the international game. Uh in, in the international game that higher rib just doesn't do you as as well um so picked that up you know had that for a couple of years and 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 shot into shot at some international competitions um I, I would shoot it at uh you know an american trap as well um, i had an unsingle barrel for it um you know to shoot singles and handicap um but it wasn't necessarily the the ideal gun to shoot american trap great international gun um, but when i kind of and that kind of faded as as the top goal. I I went back to a traditional trap gun. And when you when you ended up choosing the Kohler, what made you choose? What made you what made you go that direction? I, I, always a fascination with with Kohler. When I first started coming into uh, coming into the registered trap, you know, I, I was shooting a shooting a Browning like most people do coming into the sport. And I and I just see all you know all these guns that I'd never heard of. Uh, you know, Parazzi Kriegoff, uh, and, and then just this this gun called Kohler just kind of, I don't know, just always stuck with me that this one was the American-made gun compared to all these other guns made in other other countries. And I didn't really know any better, but but I knew this was a good quality gun. Kind of told myself at that point, like, that's that's the gun that I want to want to end up with um, eventually. Um and I'd had a, I've, I've had a couple of Kohlers, uh, throughout my, throughout my time in shooting and just, just always loved the feel of them. Uh, you know, and that, that's just kind of where, where I ended right back up. And now you're Wisconsin now. So basically Kohler's backyard. Right. Yeah. It's, it's super easy. <laughs> Run down to Racine, you know, go talk to, talk to Jeff whenever, whenever I need to get, you know, get the gun tuned up or, or whatnot. So yeah, no, super helpful. Now, uh, as far as on the trap side, you've made uh, state teams in Alaska and Oklahoma. Uh, what's your current goals as far as, as trap shooting goes? I'd say this. I mean, as long as I can stay here for a for a whole year, that's been the you know a little bit of the issue here the last couple of years. But uh, I obviously, I want to make the state team here in Wisconsin, and I know that's going to be tough because there's a lot of good shooters here. So making it making it here will will definitely mean something, um, you know, just like it did in, in Oklahoma and in Alaska. Um, so that's probably, you know, that's, that's definitely a main goal, you know, being here, shoot the Wisconsin state shoot and, and make a, make a statement, um, shooting here. I mean, I, I don't want to put the goal too lofty because it's, it's, uh, I know there's a lot of, a lot of great shooters and a lot of big competition comes here, um, for, for this state shoot. Um, 
but but I'd like uh, like to see my name at the top of some events uh, during that week. Now you won the singles championship in Alaska twice. What what's the um, size difference as far as number of shooters uh, in comparison to Alaska to say like an Indiana or a Wisconsin state shoot? Uh, it's a, I mean it's a it's a big difference. I mean you're you're looking at the the years that I won it. Um, it was like just under a hundred shooters I think each year, but they come from all over Alaska. You have a lot of shooters in the in the Anchorage area. I mean, shooters will come down from from Fairbanks. Uh, they'll ride the ferry up from Juneau. Uh, come up from Kenai. Um, we'll have a a lot of guys come out of Canada, uh, Yellowfish, and and some of those some of those places. Um, you know, a lot of those guys. It it, it might be small in numbers, but a lot of those guys are or crack shots for, for oh, sure. I so it's, I mean, it doesn't just small numbers doesn't mean easy. You know, that that's for sure. There's a lot of good shooters up there. I just, I just, I have this visual of, you know, me living in Alaska and just getting the dog sled ready, packing up the guns and head down to the state shoot. <laughs> I, it, it's funny. You kind of, you kind of say that. So when I, when I moved up there, you know, I moved up there in January, probably the worst time of the year to, to move up there. You know, and I just kind of thought, you know, well, for the next couple of years, shooting's over. I'm going to learn how to pan for gold and and fish for salmon and and hunt caribou. That's that's going to be my next three years. But I got up there. I, you know, I was on some clay shooting forum, uh, and somebody mentioned about a shoot in Alaska, a, a registered shoot in in February like that that's crazy it's it's freaking cold out like like we're we're shooting in february so i reached out to the guy figured out where where it was uh you know ended up ended up going to this going to the shoot there you know ice covered all over the the uh driveway going in and there's you know two feet of snow on each side of the uh, uh the walkways for the for the trap and like I was like, this is great. We're we're gonna shoot registered targets in 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 February in the middle of winter out here. And you know what I learned is like those guys they don't they don't care. They they're gonna shoot they shoot year round. It's only one month a year that they don't shoot uh, registered trap targets. That's that's January. Otherwise, they're shooting every every month. It, it was it blew my mind. Now, how cold did it get there in in the winter? Uh, like worst case scenario, I mean, was I uh, like around that Anchorage area? I think twenty below was was kind of it. I mean, it, I had colder winters, you know, growing up in Minnesota, yeah, um, than I did in Anchorage. But I, I didn't go trap shooting, uh, in that cold of weather growing up. I mean, I, I remember you know a couple registered shoots showing up, and it's negative ten, and you know thinking they're going to cancel it, and you know then they you know, five minute call to the lines. Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. So, uh, what's been your, um, favorite achievement, uh, shooting wise across any discipline? Man. Um, favorite achievement is probably, uh, well, the one that sticks out the most, I um, was back 2014. I was in Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho, shooting their, their famous uh, gun shoot going into the last, their, the championship Sunday. I uh, 
So it was two two events of of handicap. Um, I think I was on the I was on the twenty six yard line still, and I go out and I run a hundred straight uh, in that handicap event um, to to win. I guess that the preliminary championship, um, beating Stu Welton, which is a you know for anybody out in that that way, like I mean that everyone knows that's a if you can beat Stu in a uh, in a handicap uh, match, like you you did something. Um, so that got my got my punch to the twenty seven. We went shot uh, the final final handicap, followed that up with a ninety ninety seven. Um, all great achievements, but coming into that day, I think I was fourteen targets behind in the in the high all high overall for that uh, for that event. Uh, and because of how I shot that morning, uh, those those two handicaps, I made all of, all of that up. Uh, ended up winning the the high overall uh, by four targets. So, oh wow, yeah, I mean it was a big big deal. I mean that that handicap that morning, it was a uh, light conditions were were not good. So a lot of people, a lot of people fell off. Uh, I, I wasn't really thinking about winning the high overall, obviously you're 14 targets down. You're just, you know, trying to hit a good Lewis score or, <laughs> you know, something, something like that. Win, win a couple bucks and, you know, feel good about your, feel good about your shoot. And, you know, and then I go out there and run, run that hunter straight from 26 um, and make all that ground up. Um, that was a, that was a pretty awesome feeling. Just knowing the level of competition that was there. Um, you know, for that, a lot of great shooters from Utah uh, were there for that shoot, and then you know Stu himself. I mean, you know he he's won a few Clay Target Championships in in his time, so um, it's probably one that sticks out the out the most. Um, I, you know, winning a couple of the singles titles up in Alaska were um, those were big moments too. I mean, everybody wants to win their state championship, and not everybody gets a chance to do that. Absolutely. Uh, give us the current state of the army. Are we increasing? Are we downsizing? Is there any bonuses available? Maybe you get some of these some of these people listening. Maybe they'll start knocking on your door to join up. Sure. Uh, so current current state of the army, I, I would say we are we are maintaining uh, our size. Uh, we're you know making best efforts to do so. Uh, yep. There's some there's some pretty good uh, bonus incentives. Uh, you know, you could definitely uh, definitely join the army and be able to uh, walk into Kohler or Krieg off and pick one up off the shelf uh, <laughs> with a with a bonus check. Uh, something I wish I would have done when I when I joined, but uh, I, you I blew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spent it on on other things that didn't make sense. You don't you don't realize that a trap gun's a good investment at that age. Uh, now, if, if someone is interested, uh, maybe they're a, a junior or something in high school. Uh, what's the, what's the best route for them? Can they reach out to you directly? Should they go to usarmy.com? What would you recommend? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's up to them. I mean, it, you'd be surprised, like how many people reach out to me, like through through Instagram and through um, uh, through Facebook, and and yeah, feel free to do so. I'll, I'll get you pointed in the right direction. Uh, you know, goarmy.com is a great resource as well. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of, I get a lot of, uh, questions of, of, you know, how can I shoot in the army and, you know, how to make all that, how to make all that work for them. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy those, those, uh, those conversations too. So, you know, don't, uh, you're not bothering me by sending me a message. 
Cool. Uh, last question here for you, then I'll let you get off of here. Uh, what would what would be your best advice for a new shooter? Best advice for a new shooter: um, get a book and write it down. So, anybody that's listened to uh, Lanny Basham's book with "Winning in Mind," you know he talks about that in in that book. Um, writing writing down what you what you did during the practice session, having all that, having all that information is, is vital. Um, it, I had a conversation with a, with a young shooter this, this past, uh, this past summer, he just made the, just made the 27 yard line, you know, and, and reiterating that with him, like you want to write down like what you did to get there. Cause when you take this winter off and come back in the spring, it doesn't always come back that that quickly like you're, you're going to forget things that you did and, and make assumptions and 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 you might struggle a little bit to find you know to find yourself in that um back of that 27 yard line so yeah definitely get, get a notebook write down write down as much information as you can every time you shoot so you have a that valid reference like when things go wrong you know where to get back to Awesome. Thank you, Brian, for joining us today and best of luck in all your competitions in 2023. Thank you, sir. That's a wrap on this episode of the Trap Shooters United podcast. Huge shout out to my sponsors, Fioki USA, Michael Gooch, and AJ Supplies. Be sure to reach out to AJ Supplies for all your reloading needs by calling 419-583-7133. Also, if you enjoy this episode and would like to support the show further, I have placed a donation link in the description. Thank you all for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. See you all out on the trap line.